The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Luke 1, 26, 38. I invite you to join along in your Bible if you have one. Otherwise, we'll have it up on the big screen too. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him to the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, and he will be holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is a sixth month with her who was called. Who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, uh, excited to see what you're going to do with your word. Lord, as we encounter the story of Mary and uh, how she got the news of what was about to happen, Lord, we pray that we get a little bit closer to understanding who you are as our God. Lord, who Jesus is as our Savior, and our own faith walk as we continue to walk through uh, the unexpected in our lives. Lord, we say this all in your son's very precious name. Amen. So we're talking about waiting in the season of Advent, right? And the season of Advent literally means to wait. And so as we try to figure out what that looks like in our lives, we've talked about the difference between expectations and expectancy. Today we're talking about what happens when the unexpected happens. And I would say it's fair to assume that Mary had something unexpected happen in that Bible reading, right? And for me personally, sometimes I do well with the unexpected, but a lot of times I have these crises in my life. Uh, One such time, this is going to give you a little insight into who I am as a person. I love stories, right? I love TV shows, I love movies, I love video games with stories, and I like reading stories. And one of my all-time favorite stories that I've read is Harry Potter. I've probably read that series five or six times from cover to cover, book one to book seven. And when book seven came out, I was working at part-time at Best Buy in between college and grad school, and I found the release date six months beforehand. The day they said, this is when Harry Potter is releasing, I went to Best Buy and I took four days off. I was going to be prepared, right? I was going to wait, but I was prepared for this wait. And so I had the four days from the day it was released on to read Harry Potter. I was set. And a week before, something unexpected happened. One of my best friends called me up. He was in med school in Chicago, and he said, Hey, Josh, it is crushing me right now. Like, I am just getting my butt kicked. Could you come out next weekend and just hang out with me? And I'm ashamed to tell you how much of a debate I had in my head, right? Because I loved this guy. He was my best friend. He had been with me through such thick and thin, and I had the time off. But I had the time off with a purpose. 
And so this whole, you know, two angels, the evil one and the good one, yes, do it, don't do it. And finally, I'm like, I'll tell you what, we'll compromise. I've got the time off. Um, I'll come out for two days. We will hang out. But then I'm going to spend the next two days, and I'm going to go to my grandma's house, who lived in between me and him. And I said, I'm just going to finish reading Harry Potter. I'll just slam through it real quick. And he's like, sounds great. So we went out there. I bought the book. I was good. I didn't open it. Just kind of stood there. Um, everything was fine. And then the two days were up, and I said, all right, I'm heading over to Grandma's house. He's like, dude, you don't have to leave. Like, I got a spare room you can read in there, no problem. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So I wake up Sunday morning, and my best friend's a Christian. He grabs me. He says, all right, man, you coming to church? And I looked at him, and I'm like, no. I, I have 36 hours to get through this book. And he's like, okay. He comes back, and he's like, dude, a bunch of us are going out to dinner. Do you want to come out? And I literally pulled out from underneath me a bag of chips. And I said, nope, I'm good. And he's like, oh, okay. Comes back a couple hours later. Dude, a bunch of us are going to go play basketball. You want to play basketball? I think there was a mistranslation of what I was going to do today. Um, you know, nope, I'm good at reading the book. We're going out to dinner. You want to? On and on. Literally, he probably checked on me eight times throughout the entire day, getting more and more frustrated, right? Because he had expectations of what was going to happen and something unexpected happened. Well, come to find out the real reason he was so frustrated was his fiance at the time was also reading Harry Potter. And she kept on saying, well, if Josh is allowed to read it, I'm allowed to read it. And so he was left by himself for the whole day. Right? Unexpected things are going to happen. Unexpected things are going to happen this Christmas. I don't know what it's going to be in your life. It might be something with your family. It might be something with work. It might be something with your house or a thousand other things. But when the unexpected comes into our lives, the question can often be, well, how do we deal with it? And we actually see a lot of that in our scripture today. Because Mary certainly had something unexpected happen, right? A little bit of history into Mary... She wasn't very old. Probably would have been about 14 years old. Got a few 14-year-olds in here. She was about to get married, right? In ancient times, you got married a lot younger. And quite frankly, getting married for both the man and the wife was the best thing that could happen to them in their lives. It was literally a week-long party that they would celebrate with all their friends, all their family. They would get showered with gifts. And this is a poor nation, kind of backwoods. This is the one day they get. They don't graduate high school or college. They don't move from one house to another house. No, the wedding was your one day in your life. It was when every daughter, quite frankly, every son, looked forward to the day they would get married, right? And we find from the scripture that Mary was very much like that. Ah, works better if it's on. There we go. Um, right? So... Uh, Gabriel comes from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph from the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Mary did everything right. We find from Scripture that she's a good, godly woman. She's marrying a good, godly man. We find that out about Joseph. She does everything the way she's supposed to. She has a plan. And then God shows up. And things go a little sideways, right? This angel shows. It says, And greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what type of greeting this might be. So quick note here. Meeting an angel sounds awesome, right? We're like, yeah, I would totally love to experience that. Every time someone meets an angel in Scripture, they react the same way. Terror. And there's a reason. When we think of angels, we typically think of this little dude, 
right? We're like, oh, this little cherub. I see him at Hallmark. Of course, it's like a little puppy. Who doesn't want him showing up in your life, right? That's not an angel. You see, an angel literally is the army of God. And so this isn't the guy who shows up. This is the guy who shows up. (laughs) Mary's in bed. She's just doing her thing. And this guy's like, hey, what's up? Of course she freaks out. Greetings, oh, favored one. Yeah, you're about to kill me, right? So Angel shows up and is like, no, no, seriously, you're going to be okay. Um, And he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary's like, okay, me and Joseph, we're going to have a kid. We're going to have a son. Apparently, he's going to be important. Go team. I think I could sign on for this. Just one quick clarifying question. Uh, How can this be since I'm a virgin? So we're going to wait a couple months, right? Oh, funny story. No. Uh, Funny story is the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the angel answered, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your cousin has even uh, conceived a son in her sixth month. Not with Joseph. Not according to plan. In fact, now she has to go tell her fiancé, this good godly man that both of them were waiting for, I'm pregnant, but I didn't cheat on you. Think how that conversation is going to go, right? It's God's, right? This is the wrench that God throws into Mary's plans, the unexpected. And the lack of details is astounding, right? It's not like he gives her the full plan of like, here's the deal, you're going to get pregnant, then you're going to have to go to Bethlehem. Oh, by the way, the king is going to try to kill you, and then you're going to have to flee to Egypt, and then you're going to come back. Oh, and one day he's going to die on a cross. Like, none of that. The angel gives her the first step. You're going to get pregnant, and he's going to be the son of David and the son of God. And this is where we see Mary's heart, because think of all the different ways she could have reacted, right? She could have been like, "Uh, I'm going to do a hard pass on that, uh, yeah, you really need to go to someone else. Not ready for a kid, definitely not ready for God's kid, because let's be honest, that would be terrible. He'd always be right, right? You can never tell your kid off because it's God's child, right? He's always right. He's perfect. No, what does she say? For nothing will be impossible with God, the angels finishes. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departs. Mary's response is, okay, your plan, not my plan. So the question is, how do we get here? How in our own lives, when the unexpected comes, can we have that kind of peace to at least take the next right step? It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect in it. I'm pretty sure Mary is probably crying at this point. For sure, she's scared, all kinds of uncertain, and yet she can say, behold, I am your servant. Let it be as you said. But when we're looking at Scripture, there are kind of two ways to start from. Sometimes, and we all do this, I do this, when I'm struggling with something, I want to open the Bible, and I'll be like, all right, God, tell me what to do. And I start with myself. But the problem with starting with ourselves is we're shaky ground, right? If my entire faith is built on me, even if it's me through God, it's still me, and I'm part of the problem. And so when we're looking at Scripture, angels, aw, um, Instead, 
starting with, so what does the scripture tell us about God the Father? Then going and figuring out, okay, what does the scripture tell us about Jesus? And then once we know those two things, we can understand what does the scripture tell us about how we're going to walk in our faith? So instead of starting with ourselves, we're saying, no, God, let's start with who God is. And because scripture is the story about who Jesus is, okay, then who is Jesus? And then we can figure out what our place is, right? So God, Jesus, and then us. So let's walk through the scripture. What does it tell us about God the Father? Well, first and foremost, that he fulfills his promises. The angel says this is going to be part of David's throne. Now, the Bible is this really long book, spans 2,000 years, right? And it's God's story of him promising, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to protect you. And the people keep rebelling, and so God's punishment keeps coming, and they come back and back and forth, back and forth. But eventually God says there's going to be a new Messiah, a new Savior, and this is going to be different than all the, the rest. And 500 years before Jesus shows up, we have this in Isaiah. There shall come from the shoot of the stump of Jesse and bear a branch from his roots who shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Jesse was the father of David. God had promised 500 years before Jesus shows up, someone's going to come from this family who's going to save you. And he's going to have the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and the fear of the Lord. God had made a promise 500 years ago, and he fulfilled that promise. But more than that, we see that God's plans are not our plans. If God would have asked Mary, hey, how would you like to do this whole son of God thing? The order would have been a little bit different, I would guess, right? Be like, okay, so first, uh, let me get married. And then you and my husband, you guys work this out between yourselves. And then if that all goes fine, then we can do this whole son of God thing, right? But no, God's plans are not our plans. And that's actually a good thing because typically our plans don't turn out all that well. Their return rate isn't that great. And we see this in Isaiah where God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. But that's a good thing. Because God's ways, God's plan produces something beautiful. It produces something stronger than what we could imagine by ourselves. And last but not least, oh, sorry, angels are terrifying. Just a note. Anyway, what does the scripture tell us about Jesus? Well, first, he shall be called Jesus, or the Lord saves, right? So Mary tell, uh, the angel tells Mary, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. In Old Testament times, a name meant something more. Jesus was the, he, the Greek way of saying Joshua, which is the English way of saying Joshua. And it meant the Lord saves. And so right off the bat, Scripture is telling us something about Jesus, that he's come to save, that he's come to rescue. And we all need rescuing, right? Maybe it's rescuing from our families. Maybe it's rescuing from addiction. Maybe it's rescuing from jobs or from wounds or from physical illnesses. And what we find is that Jesus literally has come to save, that God hasn't abandoned us, right? But then we also learn that he's both the son of God and the promised son of David. So not only is he just a good guy, no, he has the power to change things. And everywhere Jesus goes, the son of God is manifested. Those who are broken are healed. Those who are cast out of society are brought into community. Those who are hungry are fed. 
He has the power to change things. And yet, he's still the son of David. He's still man. Scripture tells us that he is, that he came to pitch his tent among us. He wanted to do life with us. God went to extreme lengths to have a relationship with us. And he shows that in coming as this little baby boy who would one day grow up into this God who saves. And last but not least, right, so this is just saying son of God, son of David, he's humble. Jesus doesn't get born to Beyonce and Jay-Z. He doesn't get born to President Trump or President Obama or Bradgelina or whatever we're calling them these days, right? It wasn't the right family. It wasn't the powerful family or the rich family. No, it's a 14-year-old girl who's in a backwater town, in a backwater nation. He's humble. He's saying, I want to do life with you. He becomes a carpenter. Right? We don't have a God who is distant. We don't have a God who says, I want to be above you, towering over among the elites. He says, I want to be with my people. And then, once we understand who Jesus is, once we understand who God is, then we can start to figure out, okay, so what does the scripture mean for our faith? Well, first and foremost, God invites people into his story. God didn't need Mary. He didn't need any of us. He could have saved us in his own way. But he wanted to do life with us. He wanted to invite people into what he was doing. And so could he have just stricken Goliath? Absolutely. Lightning bolt. Boom. End of story. But he says, David, I want you to fight him. Could God have rescued the people out of uh, Egypt without Moses? Absolutely. But God says, I want you to be a part of this. He goes to Mary and he says, I want you to participate. The angel says, greetings, O favored one, for the Lord is with you. But she's greatly troubled, trying to discern what's going on. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. God is showing up in your life. And he's inviting you to participate into what he's doing. And so in our faith, what we realize is God is inviting us into his story. Bringing his kingdom, his love to earth. Next, God's plans often complicate our own. And this can be rather severe, right? There's no good time to get cancer. There's no good time to lose a job. There's no good time for a divorce to be finalized or any other thousands of ways our lives can get broken and messy. And yet, what we see through the story of Mary is that God still works through those situations. And even when we can't figure it out, even we're like, God, I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. I'm in pain we can still have faith in who our God is. And this is why we start with God first, not ourselves first. Because if I'm the main person of Scripture, and when I'm hurting, there's no foundation there, right? I'm going to go to whatever thing gives me comfort. Maybe it's money, maybe it's booze, maybe it's whatever. And yet when we look at Scripture through who is God, who is Jesus, and then who are we, well, then it's a foundation we can stand on. When that unexpected happens, we don't give in to despair, We can be like Mary and say, behold, I'm your servant. Let's see where this goes. Which leads us to the last point. God doesn't expect us to do the heavy lifting. God doesn't expect you to fix your family. God doesn't expect you to figure everything out of school. Or at work. Or with a home. 
or with 10,000 other things that can happen. What God is saying is, I just want you to follow me. And you're not going to have the whole plan. You're not going to know where every step this is going to take you. But one step at a time, he says, trust me. I'm going to do my God thing. And I want you to participate in this. But don't carry this. He doesn't tell Mary, you need to figure all this out. Right? He doesn't say, I'm going to get you pregnant and then good luck. That's not the story. No, God is with her every step of the way, providing protection for her, love for her, support for her. Kings come from far off countries just to say, we love this child. Right? He provides. When the unexpected comes in our lives, he provides. So this Christmas season, my encouragement to you is when the curveball comes and it's coming. Could be a good one. Could be a hard one. No, first, you're not alone. That God's promises are real. That Jesus shows us that he's come to save us, even from the unexpected. And what God is calling each of us to is just to take that next step in following. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're not very good at following. (laughs) We'd rather be in charge. We'd rather have the whole map. And yet, you're a God who shows up and who promises to do life with us. Lord, um, for the times where we don't follow and instead we lash out and we get mean or we gossip about others or we get greedy or we just turtle and pull ourselves away. Father, Lord, we need forgiveness for those times where we don't have the response Mary had, but instead our own uh, sin, our own messiness, our own evil intent comes out. Lord, we truly need a God who saves Lord, we need a God who shows up. We humbly now come before you asking for forgiveness. But we're bold in that, not because of our own selves, but who you showed yourself to be in Scripture and who you showed your son to be in Jesus. Father, Lord, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.